0: Well, fantastic to be here. Um, one of the things uh, I really noticed when uh, you know, coming back, how, how blessed we are here at Cornerstone. I've just, we've just been the last few weeks since coming back. It's just been so refreshing and enjoyable and heartwarming and uh, inspiring just to be um, back in, in this uh, church family. And I was, I was saying to Graham, I think if, if Cornerstone was in London... I tell you, we would be um, there'd be uh, thousands coming, you know, because there's something good, you know, that God uh, has done over the years and and is doing among us. Anyway, had it, and good, great to see Sam Mitchell uh, all all the way from Oxford. Yeah, of course, <laughs> Christchurch Cathedral, and moving on to something yeah so anyway catch up with sam find out what he's what he's doing there but uh, yeah we had the privilege of being in uh, in uh, uh london and uh let me see if i can here we go yeah we got out there it's uh, tourist photo um <laughs> 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 westminster cathedral in the background and it was amazing because we were in Shoreditch, and uh, Regent's Canal goes around Shoreditch. It's part of it, and so just a walk, a short walk, and we were on the canal. And uh, a guy, a young man called himself uh, uh, Captain Raphael, had a canoe tie, chained up to a fence, and says anyone who wants it for free to to go for a paddle, uh, give him a call. And so we had a a, a great paddle on uh, up and down the. Um, the, the locks, uh, Regents Canal. There's a whole community uh, there um, of of people that young people, all sorts of people. Sort of some of them are sort of gypsies, others are in multi-million dollar craft. And um, and, and and just recently, in fact, uh, our son-in-law invited us if we wanted to go over. I mean, he, this is tongue-in-cheek. Um, they've actually converted and they built this huge um, uh, canal boat. Uh, that's an auditorium, and, and so to do church as a, as a, an outreach to to the people. I mean, they've got canals all over the UK. Anyway, that was that was that was fun, and the water was quite clean too. But the reason we went is to spend time with our daughter and our grandson, who's who just turned two uh, recently, and uh, so Leanne and and little Abel have a birthday on the same day, which is which is sweet, and. Uh, yeah, so that's actually part of Regent's Canal as well. And we just love being with them. And also our son-in-law, Toby, who's uh, ordained as a minister. And uh, beyond the trees behind there, the Shoreditch Church, which was one of the oldest churches in London. Uh, Shakespeare went there, and and uh, uh, it's it's got an amazing history. Uh, actually, if you look on, on Toby's right shoulder there, there's some buildings, and that's where Jack the Ripper did a lot of his Stuff too, and <laughs> stuffing stuffing bodies under the church. Yeah, so uh, full of history. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So it's an interesting place, a very interesting place, and uh, I'm still getting getting over it. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of the other things we, um, we were. We visited Shoreditch Church but this is the, uh, the, the main church. Uh, it's a part of uh, five churches and I think they grew by three churches over the past couple of years during the COVID lockdown. A very innovative church uh, that um, organised hundreds of thousands of meals to people in London who couldn't get food and they actually were very entrepreneurial and uh, worked through uh, local restaurants. So they got they they got businesses happening as well as feeding people, and and the the church uh, um, got out there and had these delivery bags, and they would drop food on people's doorsteps, and so just an amazing, innovative, full of life people, and uh, you know um, it was it was exciting to see in London. I mean, London is a is a um, it's it's a bit of a grubby place in many ways but um, magnificent and, and grubby in the same time. But, uh, but what we're seeing in the churches, they're alive and they're attracting people and they're growing and, and they're planting churches and the, the optimism and the, the faith and the spirit of what they're doing is something that should inspire us too and certainly we were inspired by. So what we're seeing is a lot of the old churches, this is an old church here, Hackney Church, they're transforming them, and in fact they had um, uh, Europe's number one minimalist architect just uh, work on this uh, and design, redesign this church, and so they can have a lot, uh, a lot more people in there. They can, I think they can do uh, 2,000 people in the auditorium, so it's quite exciting to see you know, what, what is happening there and, and, and the way uh, the, the church is growing. One of the things that we were impressed by, that impressed me, and it ties in with what I'm talking about this morning, is uh, I saw a, at Toby and Teresa's church, which is this, um, it's sort of a diamond in the rough really, Um, it it needs a huge amount of renovation and what have you, but um, we were in this church, and and it's in Shoreditch, uh, 68% of the population are 35 Years old or younger, so it's a very young professional artistic um, environment. And uh, uh, so we saw an older couple there, and uh, you know, like like looking at the back of uh, Stephen Lynn, you know, <laughs> white hair, and <laughs> and so I was really keen to meet meet them, and and they. When I started talking to them, it was, it was quite exciting because um, once um, this guy, Mark, found out that uh, I was from Brisbane, he, he, he burst into tears, you know, he was just overwhelmed. And the reason being that uh, at the age of 18, he'd left Toronto, so why he was in London with his wife was they were dog sitting, okay? So what they do is they've got a friend in London and every time they want to go away, this, this Mark and Ruth go over and dog sit, and uh, so they really loved what was happening. Yeah, pretty uh, amazing in in London, and they loved this that you know what was happening in the church, and it had a, a vibe very much like us too. So we we really felt at home there. But Mark had come over to Australia as an 18 year old, had been in Sydney, and was I guess looking for answers, looking for life, looking for adventure, and. Um, uh he's after a few a few weeks in sydney he comes up to brisbane and he's in a bit of a state he's in in a bit of a mess uh probably running out of money uh and and in himself he wasn't in a good space and he happened to be in a department store in 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 brisbane and uh this lady called wendy just went over to him and said hi and uh how are you going? And, and uh, he said, "Would you like?" To, she said, "Would you like to come to a meal tonight? Where we've got a um, uh, a bunch of people that, that get together, and and you'd be really welcome to come and and share a meal with us." And so he says, "Yes." So he, uh, Mark goes along, and uh, uh, it was actually the early teen chal- challenge community. So it's it's Charles Re- Charles and Rita Ringmar. It's probably people like. I don't know if Jenny and, uh, and uh, Pete and Dot Lane. It's, there's a whole bunch of people that are part of our community here that have been. And, um, uh, and, and they were doing whatever Mark saw. His, he became a Christian on the spot. He became a follower of Jesus on the spot. Because he could feel the love amongst the people. And he could see the, the amazing things they were doing because they were rehabilitating. There was an enormous drug problem in the early 70s in Brisbane. And nobody knew what to do about it. But this bunch of people, and they were smart people, they were uh, qualified, and they went in and they began to serve and they began to help these young people. An amazing story, which I can't, won't go into today. But when uh, Mark got a feel for what was happening there, it, it just changed his life and he's never been the same since and and so uh, part of what he's doing now you know with his wife he helps rehabilitate prisoners and he's now in his late 60s early 70s so amazing so um, he wanted to express you know to um, Charles you know I mean he was obviously problematic when he walked in there you know he wasn't a slick number but but You know, he'd left and his life, he became a follower of Jesus and purpose came into his life and he's been helping others and involved and part of the answer ever since. So uh, he's thankful for Jesus and the way he's changed his life. So um, <clears throat> that was inspiring. Another thing I did was I went to, a, invited by my son-in-law to a conference and uh, in the, at, the, at the conference, it was a church planning conference, and I realised all over the UK there were um, conferences encouraging uh, leaders and, and people who wanted to be involved about the mission of God. And, and so there was um, there was talk of the you know of God uh, and his his love for the human race, our you know our state of being, uh, that we that were in sin and we needed help. So God sends his spirit, sends his son, who, instant, who brings the kingdom of God, who releases the kingdom of God and, uh, and, and saves us through his own death on the cross, defeats sin, redeems us and, uh, and, and as a servant king models the way. And then uh, on that first uh, tier there it says he sends his spirit and we see the spirit coming on the church in the blue zone there um, we partner with Christ in in bringing this good news and serving uh, people around us, and and we're empowered. We're we're by the Spirit. We're we're gathered as His people, and then we're scattered, uh, and so we see this into the purpose there for the church. We're in the world. We're in this life. We're in our society. We're sent into it, uh, to, joining in Jesus' mission. We're ambassadors. We're uh, we 've got the keys of God's kingdom that Jesus has given us and, and His promises that He will be with us uh, until the end till, till this life finishes. You know our own mantra as a church, and as Charlie was talking about earlier on, we love our home, you'll see on our website, we love our community and we love our world. We realize that we've been called cool <clears throat> and not just to be a, a happy uh uh blessed people but we're called uh for purpose in this life and and that's exciting you know that's that's amazingly exciting um so let's just look briefly and i want to say share a little bit about my own story but about jesus as our great example and just going through luke i it's it's interesting that um why do I need glasses? I think my eyes must be getting better. <laughs> so the first thing that Jesus does, he puts himself out there. And I mean, at, even at 12, he put himself out there. And and out there so much, his parents were worried. In fact, they were getting everyone. Where are you? What are you doing? And, but he had to be out there talking about the kingdom of God. We find the same thing When he gets going in his 30s and um, after he'd been baptised in water and in the spirit, he goes out. He's on a job. He's on a mission. And it says the crowd searched everywhere for him and they, they found him. And he says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too because that's why I was sent. And so he continued to travel around. He was walking. He didn't have a car like we did. He was walking. He was sailing. And he was paddling. He was rowing. All things I love doing. <laughs> but he was out there. He didn't stop where he was. He was moving. And then the first thing he does, he gets those who are following with him, his 12 disciples, and, and also the women that were a part of the team that he was with, And he takes them, he tours around with them. He gets them used to being out there engaging people, engaging the world, engaging society and its needs. And uh, the next thing he's doing is he gets another 72 people, as it says in Luke 10. And then he's sending them out to do the same things. And, and saying to them, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray. That's what we're doing Monday morning, you know, praying to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. There's a harvest out there. And, and so we can see the progress and, and the process. It's just things are expanding And uh, and in fact, you know, in Acts, Luke says and writes in Acts, he recalls the words of Jesus. But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you'll receive power. You'll receive the power of the Holy Spirit and tell uh, tell people about me everywhere to the ends of the earth. So there's this widening circle of bringing good news by getting out there. And then, of course, just looking at John, one of these amazing passages: "Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you." This is after he had he was resurrected, and uh, and he said, uh, as he breathed on them and said, "Receive the Holy Spirit. If you re- if you forgive sins, they are forgiven. If you retain sins of any, they are retained." In other words, he's ministering life uh, and saying. Uh, to his followers. I want you to bring life, to tell people the good news that I have made a way to, for eternal life and, uh, and you can receive it too. So we're, we're commissioned. And then, of course, we, we find in Acts, um, they were, I guess, uh, as we see there, apart from the, the apostles going out and doing things, the church at large was pretty cocooned. It was pretty insular and they were hiding and uh, there was a few brave souls that were out there, but mostly they were in the middle of. they being persecuted, and and so the um, what happens is because some people are out there telling the news about Jesus, persecution comes in, and opposition comes. Things comes in, and one of the things about being a, a Jesus follower is that opposition will come, and uh, and but just as Charlie was saying you know you you endured getting up early in the morning because for the joy of serving people coffee, you know we also endure opposition flack <laughs> for the joy of serving people with the good news of Jesus. Wow, that was pretty amazing, wasn't it <laughs> 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 so it goes on even further you see this these pools in fact in the in the cornerstone logo, you'll see the, the three, uh, it's like a drop goes in and you've got three ripples, you know, home, community, and world. And see, that's just what we see happening. I mean, Peter was even, I mean, the, the apostles were even reluctant as to how far this good news would go. But God, the Holy Spirit is just edging uh, Peter on and uh, and it says there, the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. And that was what was happening. The Holy Spirit was being outpoured on all sorts of people everywhere, indiscriminately. And they were having this amazing experience of receiving the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. They were praising God. They were speaking in divine languages that the Holy Spirit had given them. And so they were being empower- empowered. Wow, time is going. I better get my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in my own little story, um, and uh, you know, as we read about people, um, there are, we, we visited uh, John Wesley's house and saw saw his little shoes and saw the stump that he used to stand on. He's a little guy like me. Um, But this little firebrand got filled with the Holy Spirit and the world changed through his life amazingly. And uh, and when you see the the outcome of of people who stand up for Jesus, it's astronomical, it's inspiring. And uh, so my little story is, you know, in... 1975, I had um, um, uh, an encounter with an evil spirit that actually, um, it, in a haunted house I was in, and that uh, led me to reach out for God for the first time. And I certainly did with everything within me, because I knew um, there was a devil that was, um, was going to destroy my life, and I was, he was well on the way to, to doing that but I also found a father in heaven who had actually been watching me all the years and was, fun. It was welcoming me and been waiting for me and saying, I want you to follow me. I want you to walk with me. I want you to follow my son. And so I did so, and my life changed completely immediately. It was just profound. And so I, was, uh, I began to go out on Friday nights. We had a team that would go out onto the streets of Christchurch, and, and talk to people about the love of Christ. And so I found myself doing that week after week after week after week, year after year, um, sharing that, that good news and then going on mission trips, going overseas to Fiji and then later to Africa um, and, and being a, a part of seeing God move in other cultures, cross-culturally, and, uh, and in powerful ways that we don't often see in, uh, in this part of the world. Um, in the past three decades, my life has been engaged with Cornerstone. For, you know, for ten years we we led a, a church in Windsor. Uh, but f- uh, during our, our years at Cornerstone, we got in, uh, you know, involved reaching uh, people. I was involved in chaplaincy in schools, in courts, in uh, where else was it? in the community. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, in prison. So I, I found that every avenue that opened to me, I would take that opportunity to engage people in every area, in every arena that I said, yes, I found it so stimulating, so invigorating, so empowering. And uh, they were often, you know, in prison, going into prison every Monday and then doing 10 services uh, once every six weeks in a prison, and then coming back and and preaching at night too at, at Solid Rock, you think how can you do that? But I found that I was just carried by the Lord, and uh, I mean, you've got especially in the mainstream prison where the, all the crims and a lot of them have come in there to do drug deals too. So, so it's it's, it's very interesting. But I've also found the hunger in the inmates too. So anyway all these things, but one of the most interesting things we became involved in, and while we uh, began in 95, I started working on staff here at Cornerstone, was that um, we were invited by a community centre to come and help with um, uh, one of the hostels. Uh, And and so we, with what they needed was an outing. So we got together with, with a whole lot of Cornerstone mums and their people movers, and we began to take people on a picnic and we thought we love picnics, we love we t- love taking our family on picnics so we began to take people on picnics and we began to realise that some of those people hadn't been out in years, they'd been confined in these places, at that time there was no NDIS, no government support at all and they were neglected people. And so uh, all of us, the mums included, we just put together a barbecue meal and we found places that were really aesthetically stimulating you know. Out in God's creation, so we we're by rivers and by the sea, and all we're all over around Brisbane, and that community grew until we were having you know about 60 people, you know, every month, and we got transport through one because I was connected with one of the community committees, and we got free transport with St John's Transport Access. And so it was just an amazing miracle every month when we had these picnics. And what we found was the best part of it is they loved singing. And, and, and they were singing gospel songs. So that was their request. And some of them, you know, remembered songs from Sunday school and what have you. And, uh, but the Holy Spirit would come and presence himself. And we had this amazing miracle meal as part of it as well. And it was just being out there and having fun with Jesus. And what we found that over the years, I think we did it for about 12 years, um, that every year hundreds of people would come to the picnics in all. And just about everyone would become Christians. You couldn't help it in this environment of love. You know, just remembering Mark, you know, coming into that environment of love with the Teen Challenge community, which is part of our Pentecostal, you know, ARG community, and uh, and finding the love of God there. What we found with the hostile folk was that they would, why wouldn't you? Put your life in Christ's hands. And so everyone, it seemed, <laughs> put their hand up for Jesus. And it became part of their conversation. And they were looking forward to the next month when they, they got together. And so that, that to me, it, it, it just showed how God, um, how much he loves people. And when you put yourself out and when you go to the trouble, the yeah, end did all the catering, you know, for that. There's quite a bit of catering. And, uh, and yet it all came together amazing. We're going to, we're going to uh, um, <clears throat> move into communion now. And uh, uh, communion, uh, let me see if I've got another slide here. Oh, that's right. Yeah, communion is, is a time when we re- re-engage the profound reality of Christ's redemptive death and resurrection for us all. Until he comes, we are renewed in Christ's covenantal grace, which makes us God's legit children right in his sight and recommissioned as ambassadors and hosts of his kingdom. And so as, as a priority, we all have the role to play in the reconciliation of those around us and out there, the people out there to God. Communion proclaims Jesus' death and resurrection until he comes and our priority to live and proclaim the Jesus life until he comes. You know, one of the um, things that was, after a lot of research in the UK, this is fairly recent research, and I'm sure it's very much the same in Australia, just researching people around, what they found is that one third of the people that they interviewed across the board there felt more connected to church over this COVID, over these COVID years. So one third of people felt more connected to Jesus and his church. One third are hanging on and waiting. Now what they, what they found was, this is pretty exciting, because of these people, they're actually looking for someone to tell them the good news, and share the life of Jesus Christ. They're actually people that are open and almost they they see the world and the way it is, but they are actually waiting for somebody who will just show the love of Christ to them and perhaps share why Jesus has made such a difference in their life. The other third are those who are disconnected. They're disillusioned with life and potentially permanently disconnected. And even these folk are the, are the kind that, as Josh talked about last week, they're looking for people who will perhaps begin a conversation, ask them questions about their life. And, and as Josh said, you know, that what he found was that there are people that the Holy Spirit is drawing. So no matter where we are on that third, God is drawing people. He's calling people. And our part is to become part of the answers. And some of the things we can do, we can pray. Perhaps take five friends and family. Pray for five friends and family to find Jesus. To do it in an intentional way. I believe God is calling the church. We've been very cocooned here in Australia in so many ways. We've enjoyed our cocoon life. But like the church in London, I believe God is calling us out. He wants us to have a missional way of life. So praying for five friends and family to find Jesus, making new friends to share the Jesus life. Like Chris and Charlie go out. Chris and Charlie there The people that build friends, they love people and they're always showing hospitality. I love to hear about their stories of connecting with people in all sorts of spheres of life uh, that, you know, that they find themselves. It's also offering to pray, you know, just offering to pray with someone. Can I pray with you? They're talking about their life, their needs. Can I pray with you to experience Jesus just like Wendy did, Wendy Backhouse, I understand, And she um, went out of her way, and Mark was ready. He was just waiting there. He was a young man, desperate. Well, listen and talk to people, uh, with people open to knowing more about Jesus, like Josh talked about last week. Or it may be breaking the ice with giving something to help start the conversation, like Truda does is always looking for opportunities to give something, to do something, to break the ice. Or crossing the seas to reach cross cultural like our joy does. Uh, reaching the, the women of the Islamic uh, nations. People that are, women that are crying out for encouragement and help. We can all have a part. Let's stand and as we take, let's just peel back the uh, the layers. As we're peeling back the layers, let's just symbolically peel back the layers of our cocooning. And this morning, I want to encourage you to say, I'm coming out of lockdown. I'm coming out of cocooning. I'm coming out of the insular life because I'm called out there. I'm called to take steps out there. I'm called to take steps to reach people, to love people, to invite people, to be an invitational person like Andrew, uh, Andrew McCullough, but also and the um, apostle, the uh, disciple Andrew, to be one who invites others, to be hospitable. I'm thinking about someone you can invite to the tables of eight, it might be someone like Mark.